Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, Paige DeMacos from the Draft Network and the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Here to let you know this week's podcasts are brought to you by our friends over at mybookie.ag. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on sports, boasting one of the largest online selections of odds on the greatest sport on the planet, the NFL, with hundreds of bets to take advantage of, from season kickoff to Super Bowl weekend to the NFL draft. MyBookie has it all year long. This week only, we are running a special for all of our Draft Network fans. MyBookie is doing a 50% sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Deposit $2,000, get $1,000 in extra cash to wager. Be sure to use promo code DRAFTNETWORK to score this deal. Again, use code DRAFTNETWORK and be sure to listen to our favorite value picks this week on the TDN Fantasy Podcast. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Fantasy Podcast. With your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. All right, welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. We are also live on Twitter, on social media, so you're going to start being able to see our show. If you watched us last week, you saw Jake and I break down a little bit of the NFL draft, which was really fun. Uh, Jamie, myself, and Jake did a prop bet show on Facebook, which was really fun. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, for participating in the draft. Felt like uh, it was a little strange this year. This draft, it didn't have the same payoff as it usually does. There's usually kind of this overwhelming feeling of like, okay, we did it, but I was at home. Um, and there was like, oh, I'm not in a, in a different place. So it, it was a definitely a different feeling. So I'll let you guys start with just a little bit of just overall takeaways from the draft since I haven't uh, talked to both of you since the whole thing was over. So, Jamie, I'll let you start. Just overall takeaways for, from this year's draft. Yeah, you know, it, it was it was strange, but it was interesting. Uh, I, I kind of hope that at least on maybe, it obviously it won't be on day one, uh, but maybe day three next year and going forward, we can do a little more of these in-home setups with a lot more of the prospects. It was kind of cool seeing them around with everybody. Look, the pageantry and everything else is coming back. I saw people saying they like, they like this format and they hope it stays. Not happening. We know what's going to happen next year and going forward. And in Vegas in two years, Cleveland next year. I believe Kansas City in three years, if I'm not mistaken, is is the plan. So it's going to go back to that. We're going to get our boats uh, eventually in two years from now. I don't know what they're going to do in the setup in Cleveland's going to be. But uh, look, I I thought they did as good of a job as you could possibly ask for, given the circumstances. Uh, And I think this part maybe gets overlooked, but a lot of credit to the people behind the scenes at ESPN and NFL Network, because this had to be a logistical nightmare putting all this together. Anybody that's been in a Zoom meeting since this uh, pandemic began can know how quickly some of these things can turn haywire and how the technical issues can be a massive problem. This was a tremendous project and it pretty much went off without a hitch. Uh, I very much enjoyed it. I can't believe they pulled it off. I mean, as a manager in medical sales, trying to pull off a conference call without the most random stuff ever, without muting everybody uh, going on in the background, unbelievable, unbelievable. Jamie said, people behind the scenes, I don't even want to know what it took, uh, to be honest with you. I thought Roger Goodell was awesome. I thought he was super normal. He kept saying, we're going back to Roger Goodell in his basement, which I loved. Uh, I just, I thought the whole thing was awesome. I mean, we're definitely going to go back to the pageantry of everything else, but for what everybody's dealing with, I love the fact that they didn't push it back. We went ahead with everything is normal. They pulled it off without a hitch. And uh, it was awesome entertainment for a couple of days, which I think everybody needed bad. 
Yeah, there was that was the big takeaway for me was this country is so clearly obsessed with sports. And man, it was good to have a couple of days where we weren't talking about anything other than the than the NFL. It wasn't a discussion. It wasn't a topic. It was just totally inundated with football and the best form because it wasn't we weren't watching the sport. We were watching a bunch of kids have their dreams come true. Right. So it's like all the on top of all of it, you're watching all these special moments with that we never see, like all the coaches with their kids and the families and all this stuff going on behind the scenes, the GMs, you know, I think that part was, I know we won't get it again, but I savored it because I knew this is so unique that we have the ability to watch a GM and a head coach sit in their home with their kids. You know, they're never going to forget that, right. That's, that's going to be something they remember forever. Um, so I think it was, it was pretty special um, overall. I thought, I thought everybody it, to considering what's going on, it was just nice to have, to have the draft go on um, and kudos CSPN and NFL network and everybody for, for having it go off without a hitch. Cause I, do not envy having to make those decisions and try and figure out how to how to how to transition out of what was supposed to be just a spectacular show in Vegas that we are going to get. And I am very excited about that because as much as I liked what we like, uh, what happened this past couple of uh, couple of days, I love the show. I'm here for the show. I want the show. Um, I want the hugs. I want those moments where Roger Goodell looks like he's going to get crushed by a 350 pound human being. Right. I, I want all of that again. And, and we're going to get it. Um, and we're going to get sure it. These GMs and head coaches will not mind not having a camera live at their house. Oh, I'm quite rolling. sure of that. A lot of them forgot it was there, including CD lamb, which I loved. She's my <laughs> girlfriend. That yeah. might have been my favorite part of the weekend. Give me that. Yeah. Back. Yeah, there were. Uh, yeah, it, was, it was awesome. But I know those guys would be like, "All right, it was cool. You got to see us with our families. I love those moments." But they're ready to be like, "Get out of here with this camera stuff." Yeah. I'm, I'm quite sure their wives are ready for them to go back to work as well. Just, just speaking, sure. uh, speaking from the conversations I've had with people, it's like, "Listen, you're used to your life and you're used to your routine, and this is not routine. And it's been really fun and it's been exciting. But we're gonna get the glitz and, and glamour." But to Jamie's point, I do hope we get a couple of the people that we don't necessarily see that don't show up for the draft live that don't get invited to the room. I hope we think about doing some of this again for, for some of those people. Cause it was special to, to see more athletes than we usually see. I think that was, that was one thing that we might see in the future, but we are here to recap the NFC South. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to go division by division like we did. Uh, before the, the the draft started, we talked about what these teams need. We started back in free agency with what these teams should do back then. Then we then we recap. Now we're post the draft. Now we'll recap again. So we'll start off with some news in the NFC South because it seems like we should not ignore what happened since uh, our last podcast, and that is that Jameis Winston signed with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, if you had asked me, guys, who Jameis was going to sign with, New Orleans would have been bottom five in in the teams that I thought that he would sign with. I I didn't think that he was going to go somewhere where he was 100% going to be the backup. Um, and I sure as hell didn't think he was going to be going somewhere in the division with somebody like Drew Brees. Uh, so this was a bit of a surprise for me. Jake, were you surprised to see Jameis um, make this decision? I was. I mean, he's infatuated with Drew Brees. He loves Drew Brees. I, I get that. If he, that he wanted to step back, 
but basically it says he didn't have any really options to go be a starter. And then the best backup role would be, okay, I know this division well. If I have to play, I've already done game plans against a lot of these. Um, the money was ridiculous. I couldn't, I can't imagine, I can't believe how much more money Mariota got to go be a just backup. than Jameis is getting to go be a co-backup uh, or whatever the hell they're calling it. Um, and look, I, I wish him the best. He's a good kid. Uh, you know, he's trying to blow up his new team and Sean Payton and Drew Brees, and he's made a couple mistakes along the way. But, um, you know, we the Bucks have moved on, and we wish him nothing but the best. It was an interesting landing spot. And I don't hate it for the Saints. I really don't hate it for either, either party. Um, I mean, Drew never really gets hurt. Last year was this weird anomaly, but he is aging. And it'll be really interesting to see what they do. If it is Taysom Hill or if it's Jameis, if they have to play, you know, do an entire game plan against somebody, it, it could be both. I mean, if Drew misses three or four weeks, depending on who they're playing, I think you might see both of them start. I just – I don't like banking on injuries, right, especially when you're talking about a guy like Drew Brees that I know he got injured last year, but you're talking about when you look at the sample size, he doesn't get injured a lot, right? So, Jamie, when you look at this, I think the, the downside and the reason I was so surprised is I thought he would go somewhere where he would have an opportunity to showcase, okay, maybe I can either – win a starting role for the future with said organization, like i.e. the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was reported that he turned down to go there, um, or a, another organization where he can maybe compete a little bit, showcase what he has, and try and get another deal down the road. I don't know how much playing time he's going to be able to get to showcase that he deserves a starting job somewhere else. Yeah, look, the, the big unknown for our perspective is I don't think that market was out there for him. Uh, I think it was pretty obvious. And I think with both him and Cam Newton, of the two big names that were sitting out there before Winston signed, that that market to go be a starting quarterback or to even compete and have a 50-50 chance of being a starting quarterback just isn't out there. It wasn't available. So then for Jameis, at that point, you are looking at backup jobs. And at that point, you're looking at what teams or organizations can – a, I feel comfortable with. B, I can showcase my talents. And C, gives me the best chance to get a new contract a year from now. Um, new Orleans surprised me a little bit. From the Saints side, there's no downside. I, I, I love – I mean, you're paying them nothing uh, relatively to relative to what a lot of guys are getting and relative to what you paid Teddy Bridgewater to come back last year. So, I mean, he's not the making Bucks that much – third-string quarterbacks making 1.75. Yeah. He signed 1.3 or 1.1 with incentives that he's not going to get. So Yeah, and Bridgewater was 7 and point. And Bridgewater was seven and a half for last year, which is so. I mean, you're really not spending that much money. It's not a high risk. I almost wonder because my initial thought was this seems weird because as much as you know, fans on Twitter and all this stuff have been making fun of, Sean Payton truly believes in Taysom Hill, and we've been telling you this on the show for a while before it became the narrative, you know, around Twitter. But I wonder if the thought process is they like him if they can get him a full uninterrupted offseason of knowing he's going to be the starter and changing their yeah. offense a little bit to structure around him that for a one-year short-term thing, they might go to more of a two QB type system or a QB, you know, a little bit of what Jay was just saying with Winston and Hill if Breeze goes down and misses some time. As we would say, yeah, he missed five games last year, but he missed a total of one game due to injury since 2006 when he signed there. The other two games he missed were because of week 17 and they already had playoffs and positioning locked up. So he's missed one game because of injury before last year, but it doesn't hurt to have a contingency plan. Ask Philadelphia, who made a very interesting decision to have a contingency yeah. plan in place for an injury during the draft. But there's no downside for the Saints. And for Jameis, if he feels comfortable being there and there wasn't going to be an option for him to start somewhere else, 
I don't know if it's the best landing spot, but I'm not sure he really was in a position to have a best landing spot given what the other team needs were around the league. Apparently, Drew Brees and Sean Payton know more about quarterback play than everybody else in the world. So he's going to sit back and learn a ton and won't have to Google it. Uh, yeah, there's there's listen, there's a whole there's a whole lot there to unpack that I'm just going to leave for uh, uh, maybe a show that involves drinking and uh, <laughs> involves us sitting together and not having to be quarantined any longer. Yeah, maybe uh, so. yeah, it's 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 an interesting dynamic. I, I I truly believe that everybody, including Buccaneers fans, who made an absolute <laughs> threw a hissy fit for lack of a better terminology when there was the the kind of the report that the, the Bucks were going to move away from Jameis. And I hope that they now understand that this should prove the point. There was not a market for Jameis Winston. So back, you thought this was some spectacularly horrible move. Um, this should prove your point because the rest of the league would tend to agree with the Buccaneers. Um, that there, there nobody would. Neither one of you remember off, I think in like five and a half. I think it, yeah, it was, it, it was significantly more. And, and who obviously got beat out and wasn't even, was basically, he's definitely going to be a back. Like he's a back, yeah, he has no chance to start again. He got that much more than Jameis. So there's no, there was no market, which is, which does shock me a little bit, to be honest with you. It was Wait. interesting to see how it all filled up. Two years, 17.6 million, seven and a half guaranteed. So eight and eight, 8.8 was the average compared yeah, to 1.1. Yeah. And there's no well, comparison between those two. Jameis Winston's much better than Marcus Mariota. Yes, absolutely. In every um, offense. Yeah, in every offense, absolutely. But there's baggage that comes with Jameis that does not come with Marcus Mariota, and that cannot be understated. There are There is a lot there, and I understand it's been a long time, but it doesn't go away from who you are. You, co- you come with all your background and all your baggage, and you when you have all that on top of the fact that you threw what? 30 interceptions last year, it's pretty tough to swallow that this wasn't something that I, I think any team and Cam Newton, the same thing. Those two guys were talked about kind of in the same category by a lot of people on Twitter of like, oh, I can't believe that people are not going for these guys. And I wasn't really, I wasn't really all that surprised. I was surprised to the see the market for Jameis had to be a hell of a lot bigger than Cam. Cam only fits I would think like so. two offenses. You would and think there's so. nobody going to build one around the, the unknown of his health. So there's, yeah, I, say, we don't I know still think Cam's going to have to retire. Yeah, he's not playing for cheap, and he's not going in as a backup to compete, which means right now there are no teams. Yeah, it's uh, that's and one. Jacksonville wants him to come do that, but I think they're all in on the on the stash and the jean shorts. The stash and the jean shorts, and potentially a, a really really nice quarterback that's going to be coming out next year. So we'll we'll get to that when we when we need to, but. We're going to move on. We're going to transition into just kind of breaking down this division. And we'll start with New Orleans since we were just talking about them. So, guys, they're from a from a draft perspective, when you look at what they did, right, they get Cesar Ruiz, Zach Bond, Adam Trotman, Tommy Stevens. Uh, they, they get, you know, they had a they had a de- they didn't have tons of draft capital here. Uh, but this is a team that's in win now mode. Right. We talked about this. They have Drew Brees in a window. They've kicked the can down the road. I got tons of questions, including from our very own Joe Marino, about how the hell the Saints have made their cap situation work. And I said, go look at the two years down the road for Drew Brees, because they're going to be paying him when he's not on the roster anymore. And he was like, how is that even possible? And I was like, well, 
there's definitely ways to do it, but it's going to handicap your team down the road. So Jamie, your thoughts overall on, on the draft and, and how the New Orleans Saints did. I thought it was solid, unspectacular, uh, but I, I like the Ruiz pick. They've been ever since 13 months ago when Max Unger just unexpectedly retired. Uh, that created a huge hole in the center of their offensive line. So I like the fact that they added Ruiz, even though it might been a, might have been a little high. Uh, it fills a need right away. Uh, Zach Bond again. I don't know what the drug test failure was for uh, allegedly at the combine. If it's for marijuana, I don't care, especially given the new rules that are around. The diluted it. test is what it was. Yeah, so was it was. Yeah, so it was probably for recreational purposes typically is when you see that um again to me if it's that then i, I don't really care that much unless it becomes a persistent problem they can help they he can help on the pass rush to decision making true yeah i mean look, long it, enough to not pop a positive in a freaking combine test it is yeah. the idiot test it really is yes. um but i basically because the rest of it you're right doesn't matter but it yeah. points to decision making yeah, exactly. Uh, Adam Schwabman was interesting because they basically traded almost their entire rest of their draft capital uh, aside from their last pick to move up and get him. Um, you know, Cook steals another one of those that has an automatic void year in it and all the games that Mickey Loomis and company are playing with the cap. Uh, they have some void years in deals. They have kicked the can down the road. Like they're going to be paying Drew Brees a cap hit on Drew Brees for a little bit after he retires and they would have paid a significant one if he retired this year. Uh, so those are interesting picks. And then Tommy Stevens to basically be the Taysom Hill 2.0 in a couple of years down the road for them uh, to basically just be Taysom Hill's backup slash third string at some point. Uh, I, I, yeah, I thought it was a decent draft. I wasn't blown away by it, but uh, they're, they're a solid team overall, as we discussed on our NFC South breakdown show. Draft too damn good to have done much else, right? And there's yeah. meat and potatoes. Yeah. Draft a center. They drafted a center last year in the second round. So it was a little bit shocking, but that says, okay, we like Cesar Ruiz that much. Should be a plug-and-play starter there. I love Troutman. Probably my favorite tight end of the draft. Reminds me of Heath Miller from the Steelers for all those years. Do it all. You know, I, I think he really steps in. And it's probably the end of Jared Cook one more year. Uh, Bond is just, you know, front seven and offensive line. I mean, it was – it was they're really good, and you can't do that much. They didn't have a ton of capital to play with. They picked late. Uh, I thought it was really solid. I think they got better, and they, and they added some pieces for the future and for now. I think all those guys will contribute right away. All right, guys, give them a draft grade. Jamie, I'll let you go first. Give them a solid B. Uh, like what they did. Again, they didn't have a ton of draft capital, but what they did, they made the most with. And they made, again, meat, meat, meat moves. Talked about, you know, substance over swag a lot. Uh, that that would be what I would use for this one, this draft as well. Guys guys that could help a curious of need. Uh, look, the Super Bowl window is immediately, it's right now, and who knows how long it's going to be open after this year. So get players that can help you right away. And then Trotman's somebody that might not make a huge impact fantasy-wise this year, but could have a huge impact a couple years down the road, depending on the quarterback situation. Yeah, for sure. I'd give him a solid B. I mean, when you're that good, it's hard to get an A+. You're not picking high enough to really do that. But they got better. They added depth and they added positions that they needed. I'd give him a solid B. All right. Their, uh, their, their team win total stays at 10, guys. So no, no movement there. Not a big surprise. Um, definitely something for us to continue to monitor and pay attention to. But as we discussed, specifically because none of the people in this division ha were picking a quarterback, which is usually the one thing that you might see move things one way or the other, um, not a lot of movement in, in that direction. Next team we're going to talk about, I know Jake will be very excited to talk about, the old Tampa Bay Buccaneers rocking a, rocking a nice Bucco Bruce hat today. Listen, we talked about it quite a bit um, on draft night, on day one, but this team went up. They didn't have to give up anything significant, right? 
Um, I know that people were, oh, they're giving up a, just to move up one pick. Yeah, they moved up one pick and got Tristan Wirfs. That was their number one need. They got a guy. Watch him jump out of a pool and question anything you've ever done in your whole life because that guy is a freak of nature. Him, Antoine Whitfield, Kashawn Vaughn, Tyler Johnson, Khalil Davis, Raymond um, Calais, Chappelle Russell, right? So, like, I think the when you look at the top of this class, obviously Tristan Wirfs, and Antoine Winfield and Kashawn Vaughn and Tyler Johnson, Jake, I know that Bucks fans were excited about a tackle and then they wanted to see offense. They went Antoine Winfield, right? Obviously, which was kind of, I don't want to say super surprising, but maybe not what the fans thought that they were going to get when there were other positions available, running back wide receiver. But I don't know how you look at this class and this draft class and give them anything other than an A just specifically off getting Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd have to give him an A-, minus, maybe. Uh, I like Vaughn a lot. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Look, you played at Vanderbilt and put up those kind of numbers, which means you weren't at LSU's with LSU's offensive line. You were playing against that defense and Alabama's defense, Mississippi State's, all these NFL guys, right? And he put up a ton of numbers. He led the led college football in 60-plus-yard touchdowns from Vanderbilt. He's explosive. He's a football junkie. I think you heard my dad say that all these guys are just gym rats. They all love the game. Tyler Johnson's my favorite pick of the lot by far. For him to be there in the fifth round, I don't get. I don't understand. Watch that dude's bowl game. They did that week in and week out. Two years in a row, first team all Big Ten at Minnesota. Like, dude is legit. He ran 4-5-5, I think, 4-5-8. So almost the same as Jerry, Judy, and CeeDee Lamb. He wasn't that far off. So it wasn't like he ran a slow time. Uh, But love that pick. Tristan Wirfs, I mean, look, there was we saw the next day Joe Staley retired. There were rumblings that that could happen. San Francisco was in the market for a tackle. They ended up making a great trade for Trent Williams, which they got, which is awesome. But don't tell me for a second they were not interested in Tristan Wirfs right there at 13 yeah. to keep him from getting to us and taking the, the last of those big four tackles. Uh, the kid's a freak. Well, you played at Iowa, Kirk Ferentz. You know he's well coached. Those offensive linemen always come in league. And it, it, they're just – the fundamentals are there. And then you add the high school wrestling champ and the athleticism and the strength, and you throw him in an NFL offense. I mean, he's plug and play on the right side. I think it's perfect. And they did what they had to. So you trade one fourth parent round pick for Gronk. Okay. That's pretty much consensus. We're all right on that one. Yeah. And the other one to move up from 14 to 13. We could point out with the Saints while they traded a bunch of their stuff to get Troutman. When you're that good, there's not a lot of those guys making your team anyway. You have the better chance of having an unrestricted college free agent that's a plug and play guy that fits what you do better than some of your sixth and seventh round picks. Uh, so I, I didn't mind at all that they ended up with no fourth, especially when you get Tyler Johnson, the fifth man was Antoine Winfield jr. Is, is like a cross between Tyron Matthew and Buddha Baker. Yeah. He's as physical as Buddha. He's as multiple as Ty, probably faster than Ty. Uh, I played with his dad in Buffalo a long time ago. Phenomenal family instincts. I love that pick and all the running backs that they really wanted the pass catching guys were gone at that point. So you take the next, next biggest need next guy on your board. And I, I love that pick as well. Yeah, it was exciting. I think him and Todd Bowles defense, if the two guys that you just mentioned, um, well, you've seen Tyron in a Todd Bowles defense. And you obviously, if you've watched you saw Buddha and James Betcher's defense, exactly. Same, thing. same mm-hmm. thing. So those are two exciting comparisons that you, that you look at. And I think Kashawn Vaughn is just one of those players that people aren't, 
uh, as familiar with, but obviously you bring up good point. They played against all those same defenses and put up numbers without the top tier talent on his offense. So Jamie, when you look at, when you look at this class as a whole, are you as excited uh, as Jake is? Close. Uh, I, I give them a B plus, but to me, I, I would normally give them a B plus, but I'm going to boost it to an A minus for this reason. There was one specific goal that the Buccaneers need to accomplish, and that is get that right tackle, and they did. And I think that was the only piece that was missing from what could be a prolific offense in 2020. And they went up and they got – I mean, there was times we talked about worse as the number one tackle Absolutely. in this draft at, at points. So, I mean, I think everybody had a different order in their top four. The Giants clearly liked Andrew Thomas the best of that group. But everybody had a different order in their top four. And they went and got an elite option to stick in the really the only – one of very few holes they have left on this team – but I don't even think that was their best pick. And for all the reasons Jake was talking about, Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to play a major role and is going to play a major role immediately for this team. Uh, there was some talk that he might be the first safety off the board and he could have even been a first-round pick at times, uh, especially as Delpit began to fall. And it, it looked like McKinney was starting to fall too. We ended up going on day two. But uh, he's going to make a major impact right away. And you need those pieces in Todd Bowles' defense. You need guys that you can move around. You need a lot of guys that play that safety then that safety nickel dollar linebacker type i mean they move them all around you're gonna need that in bowls defense i like that pick a lot love the tyler johnson pick i think he's a guy that i mean i know scotty miller and company are still there but i think tyler johnson's a guy by mid-season could be somebody that is going to make an impactful plays for tampa bay right away is he looking a lot like chris godwin to you he does he's got he's got like, that watching size. His tape i was like oh this is Put him in Maybe the Maybe not as explosive that he's got to learn. Yeah. But man, same body type, catch radius, mm -hmm. physical. I, I, I think would love to have. I'd love to have eighty-five percent of Chris Godwin yeah, across the case. No well, absolutely. And I think he's playing a significant slot role pretty quickly. Uh, again, depending. Again, it's weird because I don't know how quickly these rookies are going to get up to speed. You know, normally they're already working with coaches yeah. live, and it's so it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period to see. He's played what, a lot of football though. Four-year guy true. went back to college, got his degree. I think that helps, and played in in a very high-end Big Ten the last couple of years. I, I love that pick. My only like aunt is I'm not high on Kashawn Vaughn. Uh, not that I'm not high on him. I'm just I, I'm not sure he fits the elements that the Bucks were missing in the backfield. Now, if Ronald Jones just doesn't take that step forward this year, Vaughn can slide right into that early down role and, and do it admirably. I just don't think he's that third down pass blocking route running, make somebody miss in the open field guy that they were missing there. I think to me, it, it comes across more as an insurance policy for Ronald Jones. But as Jake said, those top guys were gone. Like I would have loved to see Edwards Hilaire there, but Kansas City jumped and scooped him in the first round. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the other big names were already gone by that point. But overall, they, they accomplished the biggest goal that they needed was get that right tackle. And I really think Winfield and Tyler Johnson were big steals for them in round two and round five. And those people asking about J.K. Dobbins, he doesn't fit that role either. No, right? I, I, exactly I saw him like model. having Ronald Jones twice, and like Keyshawn, absolutely more of a pass catching back than J.K. Dobbins was at that point. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people just knew the name value with J.K. Dobbins, right? Don't necessarily know the what type of role he plays, but because of the school he yeah. plays at and the the ability to see him play a lot on Saturdays is just that name value. So they stay at nine and a half, same win total we saw beforehand. Obviously, I have to give a shout out to my favorite pick, Khalil Davis. Go Big Red. 
love to see Sue and Levante, two Huskers that I don't know are pretty damn good. Add another Husker back there. Love Levante shouting out that the they got a little black shirts thing going on there. It kind of fits the the Bucks type of mentality. That um, dude's another athletic freak too. He's a freak. He's a freak. I mean, they got two dudes over three hundred pounds that ran sub four nine forties. They were re- yeah, they, like, there's think, a bunch of guys on that team yeah. that don't want to say, "Hey, you want to race in training camp?" and lose a lot of money to those big dudes. I mean, that's that's another athletic freak. He had a lot yeah. of sacks too. I mean, look, he's kind of a this version of poor man's and Dominican Sue that is yeah. going to play with Nacho, fills in a a, a, a role that Bo Allen left. We went to the uh, the Patriots; they could resign a free agency. So, I mean, it's just another depth thing. I love the little running back from Louisiana Lafayette, kick returner Antoine Winfield Jr. returns punts as well. I mean, they just added a bunch of guys that play a, a lot of different things, and they can yeah. add you know special teams guys. It was uh, it was really solid. I was very happy with it. And to give Trevor Sikama a little shout out, he wrote a really, really good story about the Davis brothers that you should check out on the draftnetwork.com. They're two, two Carlos and Khalil, great dudes, um, just all around athletes, like in general. Um, they played a lot of sports their whole lives. They're very, you saw, they, they both performed exceptionally well at the combine. Uh, they're just athletes. They're really, really good athletes and they're really good dudes. You will not find a single person that's going to say anything negative about those guys. So be sure to check that one out. All right, moving on. Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they're AJ Terrell, Marlon Davidson, Matt Hennessy, Mikhail Walker, Sterling Hoffrichter. Um, this is a team, I don't know. I'm so meh on this Atlanta Falcons team, and I have been for such a long time that it's hard for me to to get up or down on this team. Um, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with just the fact that they've underperformed for, for a couple of seasons now, Jamie, do you, do you like the direction that they went here? Um, adding some, you know, defensive guys early on to a defense that has struggled for a significant amount of time now. Yeah. I thought that their draft was fine. That's kind of how I characterize it. Yeah. I was a little surprised they didn't go after a running back on day two, uh, because they don't really have an insurance policy for Todd Gurley, especially considering the arthritic knee and the injury concerns and just the load management concerns that he has. I, I thought ter- I like AJ Terrell. I thought that was a little high than I was expecting. Although I, I we saw a lot of corners start to fly off the board, which I kind of did expect, but I, I don't hate the pick. Uh, he's getting downgraded by a lot, a lot of people on Twitter because he had the worst game of his life on the biggest stage of his life. So I I understand why. And I'm sure he still has nightmares about Jamar Chase to this very second. Uh, But the worst game of his life playing against the greatest college football season in the history of college football and two or three first round picks. Yeah. And and amassed a a really, very, very strong college career up until that point. Um, but I, I still like what else him. Can you bit- do? You're being yeah. asked to play freaking man in a game like that against those dudes. And yeah. Joe Burrow was a god. A fire's not even like the close yeah. to the word for what he played at last year. Yeah. Oh, and no, by the way, I'm not knocking him for that game. And the receiver is now projected. Like you go on uh, the draft network's mock draft, you're going to see him come off the board in the top five. Yeah. Those mock drafts in the mock draft machine on the draft. By the way, by the way, the other one went in the first round last week. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it's uh, so, but again, I, I like the pick, not in love with it, but I like the pick. Marlon Davidson solid. I thought Matt Hennessy was a good pick there in the third round center. Uh, it, it was, it was, a per, it was a perfectly solid draft. It wasn't very splashy, uh, but they, they really didn't have an opportunity to be splashy. They had to, they had to get, add to that secondary. They had to add to the offensive line. They had to add to their front, their front, especially now they're not going to pick up uh, Tack McKinley's fifth year option. So, I mean, they had to make some of these moves to better their team long-term going forward, but they don't really change my mind how I feel about them in the 2020 season. Not really. You described it pretty well. I mean, it was kind of uh, 
meat and potatoes plus that they filled a need with Terrell. I like him a little more than you do. I mean, I think he played not the greatest competition in ACC, but they asked him to go up and take care of, of your best guy. Um, in that game, I don't knock him for it all. Marlon Davidson's solid. They needed they needed that. Hennessy, I really like. Uh, so it, it was solid. I mean, B, B minus. I don't really know what they else they could have done at that point other than, you know, trade some stuff and move around and pull whatever John Lynch pulls out of his ass. So that dude is amazing. Um, but other than that, like, I don't know what else they could have done, but it was, it was solid. So when you guys both do, you both are singing the same tune when you say solid, are you thinking C for a draft grade, a little higher uh, than B, that? B minus. I don't think, B I don't minus. think it was C. Yeah. Okay. B, 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 B. I like Terrell. I thought he'd go in the first round, but I thought he would be like in the late twenties, early thirties. I was surprised to see him yeah. go, go off the board at 16, but I, again, I, I can't, I can't knock the pick. They, they, it's an area, a desperate area of need, and he's had a hell of a career. My concern is, is big-bodied receivers were going to be a problem for him, and I think going up against, let's say, Mike Evans, for example, might not prove to that might just prove to add to the weaknesses that he has. But I, I'm not knocking the pick. You're, you're nitpicking when you're dealing with first rounders. This, this wasn't like a, a huge shock. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Although when we talk about Green Bay, we might be able to actually nitpick uh, a first round pick. Uh, <laughs> I had to, had to bring it up. Sorry, Green Bay. I'm just gonna keep just uh, just really grinding the gears. If I were you, I'd be digging away too. Oh, it was the best part of my draft weekend by a long shot. Uh, okay. Next thing we're going to talk about here, you love to see it. We get comments. The first thing we get, a, I knew it. I knew I'd get Bears fans all hyped up because, man, it was it was fun to watch that moment on social media. Uh, Carolina Panthers went all defense, basically. This is just as just. How about they get all this credit for the first team to ever go all defense? What the hell choice did they have? Yeah, they need, thank you. Starters. Seven starters off the defense last year. Yeah. Had no choice. I'm glad you brought this up because I can't recall who asked during the draft, but somebody, I think it was Robert Juden who does all of our graphic design. He's unbelievable for the draft network. And he goes, did you, can you believe that they didn't take one offensive player? I said, Rob, they've lost literally their whole defense brother. Like they had to go out. They, this is out of need. Like they, they need defensive players. I understand this is a team that needs a lot. They need pl- they need- who are they going to take on offense aside from offensive linemen? You just signed Teddy Bridgewater. You That's just exactly. signed Christian McCaffrey. You've got yep. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and what, Robbie Anderson? Yeah. Like, so, where else are you going? No, this is this was a this was the area of need, right? Their their picks will run down really quickly. Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, Yatir Gross Matos, Kenny Robinson, Babyon Roy, Stanley Thomas. Like it it was listen, they needed they need a lot of defense. Um, and I think there, there was a, a split between how everybody felt at the draft network. But for the most part, a lot of the guys liked most of these defensive players that they were picking and the value that they were getting for these players. So Jake, knowing that they're, you know, they go all defense. Uh, they're a team that's kind of in this weird influx. I thought they were buying into a rebrand, but then they got Teddy Bridgewater and they signed Christian McCaffrey. And now it kind of seems like, well, maybe we're not, doing the whole rebuild type of thing, but Vegas thinks they're going to win five and a half games. So that would put them in kind of that rebuild category. Uh, what did you think of this Carolina Panthers draft? Uh, it was necessity. I mean, you literally lost seven starters off that defense, seven veteran starters and some really good players and Luke Keekley, a hall of famer. I don't know how you replace that. Like Mark, I, I mean, Derek Brown's okay. He's solid. He's got his issues. Really solid player. He splashes all the time. 
Gross Matos has to grow up a little bit. He doesn't play that physical all the time. Has to be better against the run. Chin, I really like. I think he's solid. He's very multiple. Uh, very similar to Antoine Winfield Jr. I don't have quite as explosive as, as Antoine, but but solid. I like him. Um, I mean, as a guy that wants the Bucks to win the division, it's going to be hard for them to win a lot of games with a bunch of rookies playing defense in the, in the NFL. And we don't know what this defense is going to look like. This is Ron Rivera uh, you know, coaching this defense. So yeah. while you have Teddy Bridgewater, and that's a two-year deal, McCaffrey's locked in, and then you have a bunch of twos at receiver. You didn't help yourself at tight end. You didn't help yourself at offensive line. Trey Turner's gone. I still don't see a lot of wins, and I don't see it. I don't know that this draft really affected that one way or the other, other than if they didn't have the draft, they had no defense. So <laughs> drafting seven guys to play, I mean, that's a lot of rookies to be counting on on defense, man. And you're yeah, not going to be able to be, be very complicated, I'll say that. Yeah, and they're not all going to make an impact. That's just not how the draft works. By the way, if you can't be complicated on defense and you're playing Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady twice each – you better have some ridiculous individual effort plays by those guys that you drafted. Uh, looking forward to this team just kind of deciding that they're really going to need to kind of hit the reset button. I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot, and I like this. I like. I think they they're in this weird influx part of that where they don't actually understand who they are. They wrote this letter to the organization. We're going to, you know, basically pump this year. And then they make a bunch of moves in free agency that make absolutely no sense on what they were short term moves. They didn't make any moves in free agency that locked them in three, four, five years down the road, including Ted for sure. Or Robbie yeah. Anderson. So that part that part's fine. I mean if they decide that it's going eh, they could trade some of those guys before the trade deadline during the season. They can start loading up on capital for next year's draft. They can realize that okay, we're playing with seven rookies on defense. For sure, and I just think go very well. I just, I just think Teddy's good. En- Teddy's good enough that this team isn't going to be horrendous, which is basically what they need to be if no, they want to draft got, Trevor Lawrence. You have three solid dudes at receiver. You have no tight end right now. Yeah, you have McCaffrey. The offensive line is still okay, and Teddy's not going to make a lot of mistakes. He's going to put you in the best play to succeed. But that doesn't matter. you got to put up 30 to beat the other three teams in the division that I just said. By the way, you play the AFC West and the NFC North. Yeah, it's going to be rough. If you're not averaging 25 to 30 points a game, you're not even in those games. And I don't know how they're going to get there with that defense who's going to give up 30 every week. Yeah, no, it's it's a fair point. Jamie, your thoughts on, on Carolina's draft? Uh, I liked it from not from a year one standpoint, but from a going forward, because I think the upside is is so the potential upside is really high. I mean, yeah. Derek Brown has the potential to be a game breaker. You know, Gross Matos, as Jake said, if he learns to play more physical and kind of rounds out his game, he can be a dynamic pass rusher. He isn't that yet. And it's going to take some time to get there. Uh, I like Chin as well. I think Troy Pride is a very interesting option at, at cornerback as well. Again, you're not expecting – these guys aren't going to be game breakers in, in year one. This is not a Chase Young situation. This is not a Jeffrey Okuda situation. They're not going to change the course of this franchise in year one, but they had to start somewhere on that defense that was completely depleted, and I think they did a pretty good job of doing that right now. They're still not going to win a lot of games. They're still clearly the fourth-best team in this division, and they'll be lucky to get to five wins. But – uh, I, you know, you have to start the rebuild somewhere. And, and the reality is if they didn't sign Teddy Bridgewater, even though it's a short-term deal, nobody would be looking at Carolina as anything else. Everything else has been consistent with the message they're trying to send. And, and, and I don't care what anybody sends to their season ticket holders and fan base. They always lie to you. They always do. And they should. They can't ask for your money and say, yeah, well, come watch this team, you know, crap the bed this season. But please give us thousands of dollars to do it. They can't say that. 
So they're no. going to have to, you know, sure. they'll have to the brand it and they'll, they'll put a cool hashtag around, you know, like rebuilding or start the, the, the future is Down now or two. what, yeah. Or whatever the yeah, crap whatever. did a couple, a couple of years back. What I forgot what, what they're, we are PHX, baby. We are yeah, whatever one it was when they were going to win like 18 games. Um, <laughs> so I get that. So to me, it's, it's, I like the potential upside they have in this draft. I'm glad they addressed some areas of need. They're going to have to do this again for the next couple drafts because they are really completely rebuilding that defense from scratch for the most part. Yeah, no, it was, listen, they need a lot on defense. So it wasn't a huge surprise that they needed, obviously, to to draft. It was just that to to only go defense was was interesting, right? Especially with Matt Rule as the head coach. So there was a lot of a lot of people poking fun at what He literally did not have a choice. I know. Yeah. Other than maybe taking a tight end, oh, you're somewhere right. In there, like, yeah, but their offense isn't bad. To put on defense, yeah, no, they, they had and their to. offense isn't bad. Like it oh. really. I mean, if we just, oh. I, I mean, it, it's it sucks. It's in the division with all <laughs> with the three teams they're in there with. Yeah. But that you offense put that on paper is with Washington's defense. Yeah, that's there's a lot of talent team. on that side yeah, of, and young the talent. Problem is, the problem is they're going to be out there. That defense is going to be out there a lot. Mm-hmm. That's and you're as you said earlier, Jake. I, I think counting on rookies is tough, especially when you're counting on a lot of them. And that's why Jamie's perspective is probably the right way to look at this. This is a the payoff isn't potentially this year. It's that this is a team that's going to look to two, three years down the road because you have to assume that you, if you're honest with yourself, that you are not the favorite to win this division and you don't have a chance. You're looking up at the rest of this division yeah. and you're going, we are by far the worst team, period. That's it. The, the hope for Carolina Panthers fans is that if you look three years down the road, Drew Brees is gone. Tom Brady is gone. Matt Ryan's probably gone. What happens in the meantime, nobody knows. And what the path to get there, is there another quarterback that we have no idea. But the but the 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 part that you're looking at as a Panthers fan is your window starts in three years yeah. at the earliest when the whole rest of the division might be in flux at the quarterback position or at least some of the division will be. Yeah, that that's no. what you're hoping for. No, it's a. And by it's the way, Carolina doesn't have that guy yet either because Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be their quarterback in three years. So this it's whole division bad. three years from now might have four brand new starting quarterbacks. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to look a lot different, right? They already you've already got half of this division in a refresh, right? We've got obviously Cam Newton and Jameis Winston gone, and you have Tom Brady and Teddy Bridgewater. So you're already seeing two new faces uh, for quarterbacks this season. So it's it's gonna this this division's a lot of fun. And I wanted to to point out, I wanted to go through this and and pick out you know potential fantasy impact, but. The only team that really drafted anybody that we could talk about from a fantasy perspective is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because there wasn't a lot of offensive positions drafted from either of the three of the other teams. And the only one that you can look to here is you look at Keyshawn Vaughn and you look at Tyler Johnson and you know that in that offense there is always room to eat. So, Jamie, from a way too early, we haven't even seen one moment of these guys in pads, in training camp, have absolutely no clue. But from a just purely speculation standpoint with a fantasy lens, what is the upside for those two guys this year? Well, with with Vaughn, it's going to be interesting because I I think he's going to be a guy that goes in the the bench rounds of drafts. Um, I'm interested to see where Ronald Jones goes in some early ADPs as well. Look, the potential there is Tom Brady doesn't have his James White right now. 
I don't know who that's going to be. And that's not going to be Ronald Jones. I don't think that's what Ronald Jones's game is suited to, to, to be best at. So, and, and, and again, you might not get the exact copy of James White because there are a lot of other quality mouths to feed in that Tampa Bay offense. You don't, you, he probably doesn't have to dump it off anywhere near as often this year as he had the last couple of years, it, it, years in New England. But uh, I look at him as an interesting bench option for me. Obviously, you're not playing, you're not grabbing him to be a starter unless something happens to Jones and he gets hurt or something in training camp. You know, Tyler Johnson, uh, probably a waiver wire guy. Uh, I could see him again having value in the second half of the year. I don't think he's somebody you're drafting. Because again, there's so many mouths to feed. At some point, not everybody can get the ball. And if Evan, if you think Evans is going to be a first rounder, Godwin's is going to be is Godwin's going to be a first rounder, Gronk's going to be a top five tight end. Or you think all of these things are going to happen at the same time? The ball has to not go to somewhere, or one of those guys has to severely underperform. So at some point, you're looking at diminishing returns. But I could see him making an impact in the middle of the season, kind of a bye week fill in. You got to pick up off waivers. Uh, but that that's the extent of it right now. Jamie, I want to I want to break in here. So Jake, you'll potentially recall this game. So I think this was my my boyfriend Jordan and I went back and we were were both hungry for football. So we went back and watched a game where Carson Palmer and the Arizona Cardinals went on the road to play the Philadelphia Eagles and they just beat the crap out of this team. It was like 42-10, I think the final score. Sam Bradford broke his finger. Yep. yep, it was it was one of those games, but the reason I'm bringing this up is in that game, John Brown, Jerron Brown, Michael Floyd, and Larry Fitzgerald all played huge part, and Darren Fels. There were five dudes, and David Johnson. They were – I was watching the offense, and I'm going, huh, okay. From a fantasy perspective, it might be really interesting for us to do a deep dive on that specific season where there was a lot of dudes who all had mouths to feed, and now kind of similarly we're looking at this going – can everybody eat, right? Because I'm with you, right? You obviously, you can't always, there's not, there's somebody who's going to get left out. But to the other side, I just watched the game and I now I remember that season going, there was enough to go around and there was enough. Now it wasn't, you're not getting. Enough for that game, exactly. and it's going to happen. But sure. it's, it, the thing is, is the difference I think between those two teams is the ceiling for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin is so much higher than anybody, any sure. receiver that was on that Cardinals team at the time. I mean, you're looking at two guys that can be 1,500 yard threats sure. and be double digit touchdown threats. And you're dealing with a tight end that can be a double digit touchdown threat. So at some point, there are going to be games where Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller or Cameron Brait. Or so there are going to be games where more than just those two guys have big games. The question is going to be, do you feel confident starting anybody else? Do you feel confident starting a Scotty Miller or a Tyler Johnson Probably or anybody of, of that ilk beforehand? I, you know what? When six teams are on by, maybe. But otherwise, I think the superstars are going to be the superstars. For and sure. you're going to know when you're going to start them every single week without fail. And then know that there are going to be other players that contribute here and there, but might not be as consistent. Uh, Jake, I want you to weigh in on just kind of the overall thoughts on potentially what could be with with uh, both Keyshawn and and Tyler Johnson. I want to start with I think Ronald Jones is a third round pick in okay. this year's. In All right. he's not going to play a ton on third down, but they're still going to be part of the passing game with him. He was he's worked really hard this offseason. He was better last year. There's there's no Peyton Barber to steal carries. You're not giving those to a rookie right now. By the way, Keyshawn Vaughn is older. Than Ronald Jones. Yeah, yeah which is why into his yeah. third year. Yeah. I, I expect more maturity. I expect him to relish the role of being the starter. Uh, he's not going to be that third down guy. So you have Daria Gumbawale, 
And you still got TJ Logan, who we drafted in Arizona as a 4-3 guy out of North Carolina that's been hurt, got hurt again last year, but had a really, really successful kickoff and punt return career going uh, last year. So that third down back is not necessarily going to be handed to Keyshawn Vaughn either, to Jamie's point. Brady has to have that guy. One of those guys will fit that role. I think Dare is going to be tough to beat out because he'd be so good in pass blocking. He's still really reliable hand-wise, dump it off. Not as explosive, but Kevin Falk was the most explosive guy in the world either, and he had a pretty damn career, good career playing with Brady because he protected him. Tom knew where he was going to be all the time. He'd stick his face in there and pick up that blitz. That's going to be vital to this offense because I agree with J.B. I think the stars are going to be the stars, and that's Godwin, Evans, Gronk. I would throw Ronald Jones in there because I think they're going to run it, uh, and I think he's going to be successful with that. Now, what you have later on in fantasy is the depth. If they have a pulled hamstring like they had last year or two, then I think Tyler Johnson is plug and play later. Like once you get through six weeks, I think if Godwin goes down for a week or two, Tyler Johnson could be ex- ex- and Scotty Miller still going to be that John Brown, JJ Nelson. That's what I was going to play. Yeah. He's going to play like four or three guys that catch it and don't lose any speed are going to play. Uh, who gets that third down role will be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I-, I think Keyshawn is where I do like to pick is I think he has a, a lot of upside catching the ball. He's explosive. But I think he is also another complement of the same kind of guy, but maybe catches a little bit better than Ronald Jones right now. So you do have a, a little bit more explosive backup. And I don't think they're going to hand him 12 carries a game like Peyton Barber was last year. I think yeah. it's going to be Ronald Jones getting the, the bulk of this. I, I could see a 1,200-yard season out of him easily. Yeah, uh, we're, we're saying hello in the background. Jamie's, yes. got, Jamie's got his girlfriend walking. This is the best part about being at home. I love seeing I love seeing everybody's chaos that they got. Um, and mostly I like staring at Michael Jordan this whole time because I haven't been looking at Jake. I'm just looking right <laughs> above his head to see that MJ's up there. Uh, guys, let's end the podcast here and with uh, just our just overall thoughts like we do, parting thoughts. So, Jamie, I'll let you go first. Yeah, look, this this division is obviously going to be extremely exciting to watch at the top with Tampa and New Orleans. Both teams added the pieces they need to add. You, you got the right tackle to Tampa and so desperately needed there. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, I, I know there's only a half game difference uh, in my bookie right now between the two teams' win totals, but this this race to see who wins the NFC South is going to be tremendous to watch and will probably be the big difference for one of these teams because, again, avoiding all of these road games, as we talk about every December when we start breaking down the playoff picture, avoiding having to play three road games to get to the Super Bowl is the biggest possible advantage you can have going into the postseason. Jake, yeah, you're- it's, it's a interesting division. Look, my, my parting thoughts with the draft was uh, I'm already having withdrawals. And that's like way too early to start seeing these mock drafts for next year already. Like they're putting guys' names out. I'm like, who? I haven't watched this kid play yet. Uh, but the draft was fun. I loved it. I, I'll tell you this. Everybody got better. Other than Green Bay, which was kind of, I don't know what they did. Everybody had a pretty damn good draft. Like I was like, they added three or four good pieces to everybody. Yeah. Um, if, you can't, it's so hard to predict injuries and what's going to happen and which guys are going to be busts. But you take their college film and put them on the teams that they went to. The NFL is It's in a better place than it's ever been. I mean, this damn, there's, there's, this draft was awesome. There's so many talented kids came out. I mean, to get a guy like Tyler Johnson in the fifth round, he goes to the second last year in that yeah. draft. There's, there's no doubt. Um, I, I just think everybody's in a pretty damn good place. Yeah, speaks to the depth that that was talked about in this class in a lot of positions, right? Um, and since you brought it up, Jake, my parting thoughts are 
Thank you so much, Green Bay, for <laughs> absolutely making my weekend and really my entire offseason because we are all aware that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be happy and he will speak out and he will say something and he will. And he should. And he should because this team was just gifted a wide receiver class that had so much depth and went, nah, fam, we're good. And just have you guys seen that freaking? I know you have. Have you seen the stat of touchdown passes to first round receivers? Yes, yes. Yep. Aaron Rodgers has one, and it was a tight end last year. Yeah. Mercedes Lewis is the one. Mercedes Lewis. Grandpa Mercedes Lewis at this point. Yes, is one. Yeah, it's it is truly a beautiful thing to see. So thank you, Green I, Bay. I, don't know what, I, I have no idea what they did that draft. Nope, nobody does, and it is just wondrous for me to watch and intake all the tears of Green Bay on social media. It has been a lot of fun for me. So uh, that was my party thoughts. Jamie, uh, how can everybody follow you on social media? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And Jake? Jake B. Arians on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. And feel free, Green Bay, send me all the hate you want because I there is nothing that will take me off this high. There is absolutely nothing that will take me off of this because I – Send it to me. I want to hear your arguments. Like somebody makes sense of that draft for me. Nobody has. Team that went 13-3. Nope. Send them to me. Yep, please. Also also send the quarterback. Do that again. Listen, I'm fine. I'm like, I'm like, you didn't get any better. Perfect. All right, that's fine. We, we played you. We played you hard both time, both games. So we're we're good. I I think if we make a little step forward, I'm talking my way into the Bears winning this division. You guys know I'll be there by the well, end. No, by the you won't have to worry about it in two years when Aaron Rodgers in there anymore. Oh, I know because he's gonna go somewhere else. So it's uh, and just please God, let it not be New England. All right, guys, you please uh, rate um, our show. We we talked about this last podcast, so just subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating. Give us a shout-out. We're going to start giving away some T-shirts and some merchandise, so please do that. It helps us. It helps other people find our podcast, so we really appreciate that. And um, if you want to check out any of the content, obviously check out thedraftnetwork.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.